Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. I found. What's up, Montana? Welcome in. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. This fine gentleman here, if you're watching on TV or on YouTube, that's Rajim Seabrook. He has now been on the show for a little while. We uh, we had holidays and travels and all sorts of things, but back in the saddle today, all sorts of stuff to get to. Hope you have a great Friday. Hope you have an outstanding week. Need something to do this weekend? Well, how about skiing? It's been dumping snow. Lost Trail Power Mountain, they are 100% open. They have excellent conditions. Plenty of more powder in store as well. You want your kids to learn how to rip? If so, Lost Trail has some great ski and snowboard programs. They're all mountain program. It started last week, but you can still get your kids involved in that as well. For all snow reports or for information on tickets or anything else, you can always head over to losttrail.com. 
Lost Trail. Go for the snow. We're going to talk a whole bunch of different things. We're going to talk all the way around the world of sports here off the top because Rajim has not been in for about a month. So a lot of stuff to catch up on. A lot of things I want his take on. Also, the uh, reignition of one of my favorite segments, the Sports Medicine Journal. I talked to Dr. Michael Wright earlier this week. He is a orthopedic surgeon at Missoula Bone and Joint. And a couple injuries that were pretty obvious during the most recently completed FCS playoffs, the college football season, we talked about some of those. Like, it's pretty obvious the turf, uh, or lack thereof, the grass down in Frisco, Texas, for the FCS National Championship game. It was very wet. It was very slick. But what does that mean in terms of lower leg injuries? So we get into all that sort of stuff. It wasn't just Tommy Mallott from Montana State. NDSU had several guys go down as well. So we talked all about what is the difference between an ankle sprain, a high ankle sprain, and an aversion ankle sprain. We also talked about shoulder cuffs because that's become so commonplace uh, in the world of college football. Tommy with the assist. Getting Rajim some headphones. Also, we're going to reignite our matches for him soon in the week. So we have two different ones that occurred when I was on Christmas break. Macy Murphy, a senior at Huntley Project High School, and Sophie Thatcher, a senior at Butte Central High School. Each of those uh, multi-sport outstanding athletes will join us uh, a little later on here in the show as well. And then second hour, we're going to talk all things NFL playoffs, maybe even to get in some NBA and some college football, but a heavy... Uh, a heavy dose of the NFL playoffs with a whole bunch of games, six total games this weekend to keep you entertained. So it should be fun. Also fun, good idea here by Regime. All of our music today, the playlist, is curated based on hip-hop groups and or artists from the city or general area of the team's hosting playoff games. So, for example, the first playoff game of the NFL playoffs Saturday, the Cincinnati Bengals are hosting. So we went with Bone Thugs and Harmony. They're from Cleveland, right by Cincinnati. You'll get the gist as we continue to play us some good jams. But that's what we're here for. Keep you entertained. Want to watch the show, stream the show? You always can on the station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. You can also always hit us up on YouTube. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And then, of course, we are broadcasting to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Dude, it's been like four or five weeks of Fridays without you. How you been living, dude? What's been going on? I've been well, man. I Like I said, I, I missed you and I missed, you know, doing the show. I always love ending the week on a, on a high note here in the studio with you and Tommy and Andrew and the rest of the crew. And, um, you know, life is good. The holidays kind of dissect the month of uh, December <laughs> yeah, right. exactly totally. in half and then you throw a championship game in there and that's uh that's three Fridays in a row that your handsome self and my uh quasi handsome self can't get together <laughs> and uh you know make this uh, melodious thing happen on on Friday afternoons for the people going home to enjoy the weekend well, what so. have you, you been doing because you spent all fall coaching uh, for Sentinel at, yep. uh, at the high yep. school level running yep. the freshman team and helping out the varsity no doubt you just showed me the Sentinel uh New state championship rings with oh, the, it's, the it's, homage to the back-to-back, which is pretty cool. Oh, it's beautiful, man. But I know you can't get enough of the coaching. So what, what are you up to now? Who are you coaching these days? Uh, I just finished coaching middle school basketball over nice. at St. Joe's and won an, uh, another Copper League championship and had a good b- banquet last night with the kids and uh, got celebrated for having my 100th uh, victory. And nice. I, I don't care if it's the NFL, NHL, MLB, or Pee Wee football. If you put in that much time and get 100 wins over... 
less than a decade, uh, just about a decade's worth of time, you're doing something right with the kids and for the kids. So that was a good celebration. And outside of that, just, you know, I'm trying to be a good man day by day and, and, and be there for my kids and love this community the way I do. For some of you, it is a long weekend upcoming because Martin Luther King Day on Monday. So if you do have that day off, great. And uh, please at least spend a moment in time acknowledging the man who the holiday is named after. But I know you had uh, some thoughts on this as well, Raji, because I think that um, social and racial equality has has been thrust to the forefront over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the playing of and then removal of sports, I mean, for that to coincide for there to be not a lot of sports going on when the George Floyd incident happened, mm-hmm. I think it made America as a whole look way more closely. It wasn't just one of these things where you could avoid it or look away or just change the channel and turn on, you know, Magic versus Celtics. You had to actually sit there and absorb what was happening True. around us. But all that said, was particularly with us in the sports world, I think that everything that has, has happened just in terms of um, social injustice, racial injustice, is so uh, shocking and also unfortunate because I've always said that the thing that brings people together the most and probably the greatest example of multiculturalism that we have in our society is sports teams. Like you look at the college teams for the University of Montana and Montana State, a great many of the minorities that live in our communities play for those teams or did at one point play for those teams. But when you look at the dynamics of the teams, you can have guys from Seiko, Montana and Dallas, Texas that couldn't be from different more different backgrounds they become best friends and that's why i think it even hurt us in the sports world even more than everybody else because we see how well uh, the the mixing of races and cultures work on an everyday basis in the sports world but none of it would have been possible without the civil rights activism of a, a great many men including john lewis who we lost and earlier, women and, and women, women for sure absolutely including john lewis who we lost earlier this year but of course martin luther king perhaps uh the most prominent figure of the the civil rights movement in the 1960s and uh Always a day worth acknowledging, uh, just, just the fact that, especially us here in the sports world, uh, most of what we cover would not have been possible without Dr. King. Yeah, I, just a, uh, a, a good segue into the weekend and, and good thought, especially in uh, with the ever-shifting sands and demographics of the world, let alone Missoula, Montana. And uh, I agree with you, Colter. Right now, uh, inclusion and equity and, and diversity is at, is at an all-time uh, uh, um premium so to say and it's good it's it's good it's time to recognize other people it's time to stop marginalizing people it's time to to celebrate and 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 not degrade further but uh yeah mlk day big day lots going on in this community um empower montana is one of the leaders in this community and a lot of individual leaders jamal garbreth murray pierce dexter royce paul renault and countless others and then of course the 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 lady, the legend, the myth, Heidi Wallace over that in power does great things for this community. And some, uh, you know, former Grizz legends like Jayton Simpson, who will be doing some spoken word Monday evening online. So if you guys are interested and wanted to celebrate the day, for many, it's a day off. For me, it's a day on because uh, without men like that, I don't get to stand in studios in states and in cities like this. So proud, pr- proud to help promote that, but also to speak to it. No question about it. It's Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas, talking all things sports here on a Friday. I already had my Florence coffee for the day, but of course it is a Friday, so that means you can stay up late. Don't be scared. Go get yourself some Florence coffee. I was drinking some peppermint tea from Florence earlier this uh, this afternoon. Delightful. Usually I go with the uh, iced Americanos in the mornings. Mm. Not going to lie, doubled down today, went there twice. 
It happens to the best of us. Needed some caffeine. It's all good. But it is a Friday, so that means you can stay up late. Go get yourself a Florence Coffee. There's a Florence Coffee Company kiosk somewhere near you, no matter where you're at, Western Montana or around the state of Montana. Let's talk some NBA for a minute because What's up? I, I just started getting back into the NBA. I've learned as I've, I've gotten older and as my uh, jobs have just continued to get busier. I thought this was supposed to go on the other way. I thought it was supposed to get easier as you get older. Not so much, especially not in the world of technology. But either way, the brain space, you know, you just you only have enough brain space for certain things. And college football was so consuming this year, which was great. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really dived into the NBA. But I started getting into it over Christmas and and we were talking NBA last night while we were uh, hanging out at the house making dinner. So um, the number one stri- most striking thing, though, is here we are in year 19 for LeBron James. And I know that uh, he's getting uh, poor reviews for his work as a general manager because many of the guys that they've brought in, not so good. And then you got guys like Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell who are having good years. Great years. Uh, for the Wizards, and that's what they kind of <laughs> unloaded. But... LeBron's GM uh, skills aside, the dude's averaging 29.5 points per game. He's only a couple buckets behind Kevin Durant for the scoring lead. LeBron's always been a great scorer, but it's his all-around game that gets so many headlines. I I, I don't believe he's won a scoring championship this decade. So (laughs) the fact that here he is in year 19 at age 37 and he's averaging 29-plus points per game, it's just just stupid. It's, It's unbelievable. He is almost an enigma unto himself. Right now, he's just lighting it up, the last five games in particular. But part of that is, is it is it because we always know he can, but now he has to out of necessity due to injuries, due to trades, due to guys having better careers, and then due to big names not doing very well, Russell Westbrook. Sure. Uh, it's out of necessity. So it's nice to see that he is more than willing and able to still carry his team on his back and do everything uh, to, to keep these guys afloat. To be fair, LeBron is averaging that, but he has missed uh, about 12 games. Anthony Davis missed 15 games so far. Russell Westbrook, uh, he has played all 42 games so far for the Los Angeles Lakers. They sit at 21-21, and 21, so exactly 500, 500 right now. Uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers. But um, just a quick update in terms of the standings. I know that we still have quite a bit of time left, about halfway through the season right now, 82-game season. Most teams have played between 40 and 42 games. But uh, the Phoenix Suns, the top team in the West, the best record in basketball, 31-9. and Not to be not a surprise, given the fact they went to the finals last year. They have a great young core. The Golden State Warriors, not a surprise to me, but maybe a surprise to others, are the second seed right now in the West. Uh, Steph Curry having one of his best years as a pro, which is impressive as well in terms of longevity. Yeah. But then the Memphis Grizzlies, they're sitting there at third. So impressive by John Morant and the Grizz. And in the East, it's the Chicago Bulls. They're kind of one of the surprises of the league. Resurgent. 27 and 12, the Bulls are their number one seed in the East. Miami, number two. Brooklyn, number three. So I'll keep you apprised everything that's going on uh, throughout the NBA. Well, let's talk a little football. How about, uh, <laughs> speaking of longevity, I know my uh, our, our fearless leader here, my boss, is listening, and you know, she loves football. She loves the old-school gunslinger-type quarterbacks, though, like the Brett Favre's. Not the, uh, she's always making fun of Tom Brady because she's like, well, if Tom Brady was a normal human who drank beer and, like, ate hamburgers, 
this wouldn't be <laughs> happening. But instead, he's sleeping in hyperbaric chambers and drinking. It's like castles that have moats, and he drinks water out of Ugg boots. That, that's, you know, bottled by Giselle, you know. For real. He drinks out of the Fountain of Youth for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't really know how he's doing it, but... I don't even know what else we can really say. Like, it's not just like he's playing pretty well for a 44-year-old or something. Because I, I I completely anticipated that. I thought that he would keep playing and keep being pretty solid. You know, like a little bit better than what Ben Roethlisberger was this year, you know? Brady is, is besides Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the league. It's it's unbelievable to watch. Period. I, mean, I mean, he threw 43 touchdowns in his 44th year on earth. That's just so Period. crazy. You, you, how do you beat that? I mean, how do you he, question he, that? He had his second-best statistical season of his career. This is year 21. Knocking knocking on the 45-burger. It's it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable, but that's also a testament to him taking care of his body. For sure. Um, a lot of that, too, is not taking any hits. Like, when you think about Tom Brady... Like I don't, I don't recall Tom just being hurt or injured for any long periods of time. Right. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy that's just been tough and is sustained and has been able to maintain at a really high level for a very long time. Uh, you couple that in too with systems. Like when you look at the systems, especially uh, the first four to six years that he was at the helm uh, after the Bledsoe injury, um, a lot of it was. He was protected due to his lack of athleticism. Sure. Get the ball out, get it into players' hands in the space, and then just make it go. So um, credit credit Tom, credit the system, and, 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 and Father Time is kind of losing one for a change. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what materializes uh, here in the next couple of years. But for right now, you, and, until he goes down, you can't bet against him. Over under five years left for Tom Brady. I say three. T minus three. Yeah, I just when I when I look at the speed of things coming out of college, right? When I when I when I look at how the defenses are starting to seem because you you know how sports are all of a sudden defenses are great and then there's sure. this new offense that comes right. out that has to get adjusted to. Right now, defense is starting to catch up to offenses, and when I look at like some of these edge rushers and linebackers, I don't care what bathwater Tom Brady's drinking, man. You you. Speed kills. For, it does for sure, but don't you think the speed of his mind overcomes all of it? I mean, because he's seen so many pictures now. The pre-snap picture, he's like a computer. He he knows what's happening. Like, you, there's not a look you can really show him now, so his brain isn't slowing down, and that's the only thing he really needs, right? Well, the problem with that is you can you can perceive it all you want, and the brain can be as sharp and as fast as, as it all get out. But if life but below the knees don't catch up with the speed uh, between the ears, it's all a moot point, my friend. Yeah, I'm just so interested to see um, so much of why guys like him retire is they just lose the luster to work as hard as it takes to be the best. He's such a freak that I don't really like. He's just so single-minded that I just don't really know if he's ever going to get bored. I mean, he would have already right. gotten bored at this point if that, if that was going to be part of the scenario. That's true, but as you know, I go back to the injury thing, but a lot of times by the uh, by the, at this age for a quarterback, they are just so banged up and have bounced around the league right. that like the the psyche, the ego has is has tapped out well before the body has. For this guy, He's he's so his body is paralleling, and I like what you were talking about, Coulter. His mind is still so sharp and has yeah. such a great grasp of the game uh, now and possibly going forward. And his, and his body's held up so far. So, you know, I, I I as much as I despise the guy for my own reasons, um, I respect the heck out of him too for all that he's accomplished. 
Duan is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Rajim Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanas, here in studio, talking all the way around the wide world of sports. Rajim hasn't been here in a little while, uh, so happy to have him back in studio. We're on his normal Friday schedule. Yo. It was a great pleasure uh, covering football all year, especially with you doing our pre- and post-game shows like we yeah, did before man. every Grizz home game. And uh, we were here November 20th down there uh, on campus leading up to the rivalry game to Montana-Montana State. And what happened that afternoon and then all of the dominoes that fell after that afternoon, I don't think anybody could have predicted. From the Grizz, walloping the Cats, I thought with the Grizz being at home and, and Bobby Houck, you know, sort of having his, his guys in place, I did think the Grizz were um, justifiably a favorite in that game. But I didn't think they were going to go win by three scores and just destroy Montana State like they did. But also you couldn't have predicted what happened after that. Matt McKay from Montana State enters the transfer portal. Tommy Malott, the kid from Butte, Montana, Takes the starting job. Holy cow. Montana State's in the national championship game. It, it was an unbelievable run for the, the Cats. But just from your perspective, I mean, pretty crazy that a team – I mean, we, we've, we've, we haven't seen that in the modern era. A team get whipped in the rivalry game and then go on a run like that. Yeah, it's just it, – it's one of the best terms and movies uh, for sports of all time is any given Sunday, right? Right. And I apply that to, to, to – foot, I apply that to sports on, on, on the daily. It was just – it was just our day for the Grizz, and then going forward, it was the days for the Cats leading up to that national championship game. So you, you just you never know, man. You just never know. You never know what that day brings when someone wants to flip that switch. That coach gets that one bright idea. That pendulum just you know starts going in the in the right direction, sure. and that's exactly what happened for uh, the Grizz at first, and then <laughs> later for the Cats. Montana State they were so galvanized by the. You could tell internally that the departure of Matt McKay didn't do anything but provide a sense of relief almost. Like, you could tell Agreed. just talking to their older defensive players Agreed. that they were like, oh, sweet, we don't have to deal with this Bingo. timid, soft. Matt McKay was solid, but he, he was not tough. And the whole identity of their team was to be this tough team. Well, then they get this tough kid from Butte who can run between the tackles, and he's basically a running back playing quarterback. Quarterback, athlete. And boom, now all of a sudden the defense is reinvigorated. They're like, well, we got our dude. We got our Tim Tebow or whoever you want to call him. I mean, we've seen this parallel before, right? It's just kind of like the Ravens this year in, in the NFL. The Ravens' defense looked horrible when Lamar Jackson was out. Why, those things shouldn't coincide, but they absolutely do. They absolutely do, because if you can't sustain drives, your defense is on the field, they get tired, a la the Grizzlies this time, a couple of times <laughs> Yeah, this for year. sure, no question. You've, you've got to understand context and balance. If you're, if you're not playing well on offense, your defense, no matter how solid they are, they're going to get taxed. It was, it was a great resurgence for the Cats and the Grizz simultaneously. Both programs have been on the rise, but this was as good as they've been simultaneously in about 10 years. Mm. And uh, one of just a few times over the last in my lifetime where they were both you know bona fide top eight, top five type programs. That said, in Fresco, Texas on uh, Saturday, last Saturday, the gap was unbelievable still. I oh. mean, North Dakota State looks... Oh. They're like nothing else. I mean, when you watch them warm up, you're like, this is already over. Yeah. I mean, the, the offensive line and the fullbacks, and you're just like, that That yeah. does not look like teams that we cover. That looks no. like a completely different level of team. It, it was striking to watch, and it was striking to watch them just push Montana State around up and down the field. Well, after I was th- halfway through the first quarter, it was just 
the writing was on the wall. I mean, like, they, I, the Cats gave up 280 rushing yards in the first half. That's the that's like buddy. the third best rush defense in the country. They gave up almost 300 yards in the first half. Yeah, that's 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 letting you know, man. It was it's just. It's a factory over there in North Dakota, yes, it man, is. and it's just it's it's a night and day difference. And as bad as I felt for the Cats losing, I was glad to see the disparity because it sometimes quiets the chatter for fans of the Grizz, including for sure. myself, for sure. saying we need to go to the next level or we need to go to a different conference or something along those lines. And then something like that happens, and it's like, all right, we're 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 good, we cool, but we ain't that cool, not well, yet. That's the whole. That's the whole. Uh, unknown factor that's upcoming though is that this isn't speculation this is a fact the fcs is dissolving the, the best programs are moving up cool. and i think that the the bottom half of the fcs once the dust settles i mean it takes two or three years for the financial ramifications of everything that we lose or gain to catch up mm-hmm. i think there's a reality in which a lot of the lower level conferences at this level they're not going to have uh, I'm not going to say they're not going to have football, but the football is going to be deprioritized at an even higher level. And so then where's Montana, Montana State go? I don't really want to dive all the way into that conversation. Should they move up? Where would they go? All that Rabbit stuff. Hole. But uh, the fact of the matter is that it's like Ty Gregorak, longtime football coach, uh, said on the show earlier this week. You can't sit here and complain about how North Dakota State has full cost of attendance and an indoor practice facility and all this money. If you're Montana, Montana State, you just got to figure out how to go raise it. You got to figure. You just have to figure it out. They have to get an indoor practice facility in Bozeman and Missoula for those teams to be competitive. That's why North Dakota State is what they are. They are not practicing outside in zero degrees in Fargo, North Dakota. They're inside 67 and chilling, crisp. Yeah, chilling. I mean, you don't get kids from Florida and Georgia to go to Fargo, North Dakota, unless you have an indoor practice facility. That's what Montana, Montana State, they got to figure out how to get one done. The fact that we don't have anything like that indoor period for the amount of recreating and sports engagement totally. that we have in the state of Montana, like developers, politicians, for sure, investors, man. you should be ashamed of yourself. See, that's, like, that's what I would do. Everybody's thinking of this as like a privately fundraised university-only entity. No, man. Make it a community center and like have have part of the revenue stream to pay for it come from taxpayers, right? Look, I know there's rich people out there listening to this show <laughs> right now. I love kids and I love sports and I love community. If you have, if you have money, you want to invest in something look at chelsea piers i'm your dude let's comp troll this let's build something and put something back in this not even the state of montana put it back here in missoula for sure like build it they will come i think everyone benefits from it yeah like i got ideas i'm not dude i'm a visionary i just don't have (laughs) i'm just cash poor like woody allen like (laughs) best nation is a donation put the money out here the community gets better our university will get better take it from north dakota no question Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, Rod James Seabrook in studio with me, Colton Nuanas. Last thing, we're going to talk all the way around the NFL playoffs, but head's been rolling in the NFL the last Ooh. week or so. <laughs> it started with Vic Fangio uh, for the Broncos getting fired just a couple hours after their season ended. Bye. Matt Nagy in Chicago. Uh, Brian Flores controversially Bye. fired in uh, Miami. Mike Zimmer out in uh, Minnesota. Urban Meyer fired before the season's even over Peace in out. Jacksonville. I don't even know who the Texans coach is, but he got fired too. And... Uh, then of course the one that I, I the one that was spurring all national talk radio because all, yeah! the fact that Brian Flores got fired everybody was sitting here thinking how Brian Flores get fired and Joe Judge did not and then Joe Judge finally put the his own last nail in his own coffin and finally gets fired but 
Dude. Man, uh, the... Do you know how happy the, I am? The Giants couldn't have had a worse season, man. They would have been way better off to go 0-17. Dude. They're, they're stupid, like, kind of be competitive sometimes and win, what, they win four games, five games? Consistently inconsistent? Right. They, they couldn't even be the worst team in the league. They were they were too silly to even, like, go get the number one pick. Clownish. <laughs> silly. <laughs> buffoonery. That's all it was in full effect and on full display. Joe Judge looks like some guy. How did that be, even happen? Dude, I don't know. He should be wearing a he, crew. He, he looks he, like, like some, like... Youth counselor for he's, like he's like the least NFL coach that I've ever seen. When you hear him talk, like he was a what? special teams coordinator <laughs> from the Patriots. Like I don't care if he's built off. I don't care if he's the knot hole on the Belichick tree. You don't go from special teams coordinator to head coach, son. Four and thirteen officially for, uh, for the New York Football Giants, including winning just one. That's right, just one road game. It actually was in New Orleans over the Saints. That's actually sort of surprising. But uh, the only victories. Otherwise, for the Giants this year, uh, they beat the Panthers, they beat the Raiders, who were in the playoffs, and uh, then they ended, oh, and then they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, only then to lose six in a row down the stretch. Who who comes to the top of your mind? when you Who do you want to replace him? Do you have any ideas? Do you have any thoughts? Do you have any, any desires for who you want to be the New York Giants head coach to be? First, I before that, man, I got to think about who, they need a GM. Well, totally. They need a GM first. Like, you know what? Give me Adrian Wilson. Hmm. Give me Adrian Wilson. Here's here's He's the DC where he uh, DC and I think he does per, uh, play a personnel for the Cardinals. Yes, and and he played it for the Cardinals famously. Very oh, yeah. an excellent player. Ring of Honor, the whole nine yards. Yeah, yeah. Give me someone who understands and can think, relate, communicate, emote, and relate like a player. Right. There comes a point in time where age disparity, and I'm not trying to knock people. It's not an ageism thing. The gap in disparity in age, and I hate when people say age is just a number. Go choke on it somewhere else. The disparity between David Gettleman and a, and a, and a guy like Kadarius Tony, he's old enough to be his grandfather. How do they relate? Right. They can't. They can't. How do they communicate? They can't. There's a thing called cultural communication, and I'm not basing it on race, but cultural communication between ages that just don't relate, which is why GMs become ineffective when you're old enough to be the grandfathers of the guys you're drafting. There's a big disparity. There's no relation. There's no understanding the 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 the, the culture of a locker room, uh, what these guys need, and and the Giants are a prime example of that. You live in one of the best media capitals. Yep. One of the most storied, respected franchises well, in the history of N- NFL. And it's not just the the top media market either, right? You're from New York. Yes, sir. Born and raised. The Giants are the most popular team in New York amongst the pro sports teams besides the, other than probably the Yankees, the Yankees right? period. It's Yankees and Giants, period. Far above the Jets and the Mets and, and everybody period. else, right? Who? who? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, talk radio to discussion in the city. I mean, it centers upon the New York football Giants. Bingo. So it is interesting to see who they might go after. I actually think that of the teams that were the the three and four win teams this year, like the Jags were a disaster because of Urban Meyer first and foremost, but also because they just don't have any good players. Texans, same thing. Deshaun Watson, fiasco. Also, just not very good players. I'm not saying the Giants are world beaters, but actually they do have a couple of good players. They've they, got, oh, absolutely. I mean, Xavier McKinney, who they drafted from Alabama, Stunned. is really good. Ador, Adore, Adore Jackson's a good corner. 
Uh, they have decent players. I mean, didn't they sign Dexter? Zizo Jolari, like, almost uh, led all rookies in sacks, almost double digits? I mean, digits. They, they got Dexter Lawrence from Clemson a couple years stunned. ago in the draft. I mean, he's Saquon good. Saquon Barkley, stunned. Right. Like, they, they did have some flops at certain positions, though. First of all, I think Evan Ingram is one of the most overrated players in the league. Period. Can't stay healthy. And, and also, people just think he's better than he is only because of fantasy football. He's really not that good. He's, he's okay. No, he's okay at best. And also, you could probably... The other biggest disappointment for them, though, is I think that Kenny Galladay could be argued as perhaps the worst... Or the uh, the most disappointing free agent signing of the offseason. He didn't catch a touchdown this year. No, he and the only thing he caught was a bad one and a cold. And may, possibly COVID. Uh... Disappointing, a frame, a, a frame, and and a, and a construct for how not to run a team. Yeah. Um, give me Adrian Wilson in the GM. Yep. Give me Eric Bieniemy as the head coach. Ooh, that'd be good. Bieniemy's got to get a shot at some point. Saucy right? baby, keep it spicy. Let's go. What about so the other thing I thought was so funny is that you know, I know that Brian Flores, the Dolphins lost seven games in a row this year. They also turned around and won seven games in a row. And over the last two years, they won nineteen games. That's a lot of games. Considering they have only average talent. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so funny that Flores gets fired and then he's one of the top candidates for all the openings. Because he is a good coach, right? Would you take him in New York? No. Yeah. No, no. Give me, give, give me, give me, give me someone new. Give me some fresh blood, man. Give me less recycled. Yeah. Give me a B enemy. Give me a left witch. Sure. Give me, give left me someone. compelling. Like when I, when you look at some of the young Offensive coordinators, like give me, give me someone again who's relatable to the players, who's thinking in the same sometimes mindset that the players are. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. If you want to, don't, don't, don't want to drive a Corvette, but drive it like a like a Studebaker. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, come on now, Rajiv Seabrook in studio with me, Colter Nuanas. It is Northwest Motorsports Studio. Snowdon is now ESPN Radio. We're going to talk more NFL top of the hour, so that's about half an hour from now. But uh, take a step outside of the NFL, but still talk football and injuries. Dr. Michael Wright, Missoula Bone and Joint, he'll swing by. What's an aversion high ankle sprain? What does that mean? How does it affect you as an athlete? He'll diagnose all that and more. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. All but one Big Sky Conference basketball team involving Montana and Montana State has been postponed this weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Because of COVID-19 issues within the basketball programs at Southern Utah, Thursday's contests between SUU and Montana have been postponed and rescheduled. The Grizz men were set to host the defending Big Sky regular season champion Thunderbirds Thursday night in Missoula, while the Lady Grizz were supposed to play the league-leading T-Bird women in Cedar City, Utah on Thursday. Instead, those games will both be played on Monday, February 7th, according to a press release from UM Athletics. Montana State was scheduled to host Southern Utah's men's basketball team on Saturday afternoon. That game has been postponed and has yet to be rescheduled. As of Thursday morning, the Montana State women's game at SUU in Cedar City, scheduled for 2 p.m. on Saturday, remains on the schedule. The Big Sky announced two weeks ago that postponed games due to COVID could be rescheduled. In Crosstown High School hoops in Missoula on Tuesday, Missoula Sentinel swept Missoula Big Sky. The Sentinel girls bolted to a 16-4 first quarter lead and saw Brooks Stainer score 10 points to lead the Spartans to a 46-36 win over the Eagles. Candace Couture led Big Sky with 16 points. And in the boys game, the fifth-ranked Spartans got 13 points from Caden Sheridan and 11 more from Riley Allen to earn a 60-54 win over the Eagles, who were led by Lewis Saunders with 17 points. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. 
Wally Wingley. Give it up on the first to show with a lay low. Cause the pump will be when they roll so low. Break it, we can't get away, but it don't stay. Yeah, yo, keep your bank roll. Yeah, we're having a celebration. Let us stay high. You can never leave, but it's time to grind. I'm down for mine. Crime after crime. Then the creep to the bank. Well, Bone Thugs for you on a Friday. Here's the game. We are playing songs associated by hip-hop groups associated with certain regions of the country based on the NFL playoff game. So the Cincinnati Bengals are the first game up. They host the Las Vegas Raiders. They game 2.30 on NBC, by the way. But, of course, Cincinnati, right up the road from Cleveland. Bone Thugs and Harmony, also from Cleveland. So that's the game. Nuana is now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Happy now for the first edition of one of my favorite segments of this previous year, the first one of 2022, that is. It's the Sports Medicine Journal, presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. Dr. Michael Wright joins us once a month to talk about all the things that go into various injuries that you might hear from the world of sports. Uh, no particular sport, all sports have injuries associated with them, unfortunately, but that's why it's great to have orthopedic doctors and orthopedic surgeons like Dr. Michael Wright to help take care of you. Doc, Happy New Year. Thanks so much for being with us. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, uh, Coulter. Thanks for having me back. First and foremost, I want to talk to you about this dynamic that I sort of learned about over the, over the last weekend. And we're not going to talk about specific players or instances like we never do. We're just going to talk broadly about certain uh, dynamics that cause certain sorts of injuries. One injury that really impacted the FCS National Championship game uh, was a high ankle sprain. And I learned about the dynamic of aversion high ankle sprains, ones that are uh, maybe even more severe because of not only the impact and the angle of the injury, but also because of maybe the turf cleats getting caught, all that sort of stuff. So explain that dynamic to us. First of all, I know we've talked about this once before on this segment, but that was about a year ago. So I guess just start with what defines a high ankle sprain? Why is it different than just a normal ankle sprain? Well, yeah, that's that's right, Colter. There's two, two main categories that as orthopedic surgeons, we think about this type of injury. So low ankle sprains versus high ankle sprains. And in general, low ankle sprains are pretty quick to recover from. Uh, people are usually able to put weight on it after it happens, although it's painful. High ankle sprains disrupt a different set of ligaments, and they actually uh, disrupt the ligaments that hold the two leg bones together right above the ankle, and that's why it's called a high ankle sprain. The ligaments that are injured are actually higher up than the ankle joint. The low ankle sprain disrupts the ligaments that are actually below the ankle joint. And so in generally, if in general, if you hear high ankle sprain, you're immediately thinking, okay, this is a, a more severe uh, ankle sprain. And the the difference anatomically is the, the structures that are are actually injured. And so a high ankle sprain disrupts the distal uh, tibiofibular ligaments, which are the ligaments that hold the ankle together. Now, a, a subset of that ankle sprain that's actually even worse is an eversion type, uh, which is something that you alluded to where it actually damages the the ankle ligaments on the inside of the ankle called the deltoid ligament. So it's an extra, uh, it, it's an even worse type of high ankle sprain as far as high ankle sprains go. Um, sometimes it even necessitates surgery if it disrupts, you know, both the inside of the ankle joint as well as uh, the, uh, the ligaments that attach in the lower leg. And so, yeah, this can be devastating, as you know, for athletes. I mean, high ankle sprains can really 
really plague some athletes. And there, again, as we've, we've talked before, it's a whole spectrum. You know, there's, there's some that are mild high ankle sprains and then there's some that are extremely severe. Uh, so very difficult to, to talk prognostically about it without knowing uh, the severity of the ankle sprain itself. Dr. Michael Wright joining us is the Sports Medicine Journal presented by Missoula Bone and Joint, where he is an orthopedic surgeon here in the Garden City. And I want to go into that aversion a little bit more because, again, I'm, we're not talking about specifics, but at the FCS National Championship game between Montana State and North Dakota State, there were several key injuries on each side. And to me, each time it looked like the injury was a lower leg injury, high ankle sprain or otherwise, maybe even a, some sort of knee strain or tear as well. And so much of it, I thought, was because the game was played on Bermuda grass, which is catered to soccer players, and there was all sorts of moisture on the field. So when it does catch, I mean, how does that add just to the severity of the of the injury as well as then, I mean, is it worse? Is it harder to come back from? What's the dynamic like uh, if you want to come back into that specific game and or just down the road? It seems like if it gets caught, the, the injury can be a lot more significant, a lot more severe. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, the harder that the foot is fixed into the playing surface, be it turf or natural grass, you know, the harder that it's fixed down in the playing surface, the, the higher potential uh, for injury. Because, you know, if the foot uh, doesn't catch the ground very severely and it can immediately give way, well, that's going to protect the ligaments because then there's motion at the surface. But, you know, if you have a cleated athlete who's playing, you know, on a surface where those cleats get really stuck in, that's then the momentum of their body is going to continue forward and, and it would be a higher likelihood to have to have an injury occur. Um, but, you know, I think when you look at, you know, if someone can go back in and play from any type of ankle sprain, you, you have to look at a couple things. You know, if they're, they're really unable to put much weight on it, I mean, it's really, you got to look at, are we going to put them back out there where they can't protect themselves? And, and that's the biggest question. You don't want to put them in a situation where they can't move quickly when they need to move quickly uh, because of the chances of them getting hurt again or even more more severely really comes into play. So it is kind of a fine line. You know, when do you, when do you just kind of suck it up and go for it and tape them up? Or when do you say, you know what, uh, we're just going to shut you down for the game and do this right. And uh, it's a fine line. It's a judgment call. There really is no, no right or wrong answer. Um, you know, one little rule that, that occasionally I've used is if the person can jump on one foot after an ankle sprain on the sidelines, then they, you know, might be, might be well enough to protect themselves in the game and they can go back in. And certainly you see that applied at the collegiate and professional level all the time, you know, guys have kind of lower grade ankle sprains and, and go back in but uh the answer is as always in sports medicine it seems as it depends you know it depends on a lot of things uh, in terms of return to play after this type of injury and there's always the balance too between just pain threshold and also then how much does the pain threshold impact further or i guess long-term side effects long-term um lingering of of said injury so if you do have the ability to like you're saying hop on one foot or something after a sprain but if it is diagnosed as a high ankle how how much do you have to worry about long-term effects i mean can, can you hurt yourself more significantly even without impact if you do play on that injury you, you totally can. I mean, you really can. This is an injury where it's not an all or nothing. You know, when we talk about ACL, that's usually all or nothing. Partial ACL tears, extremely, extremely rare. But with ankles, you know, they're, they're kind of a whole spectrum from really mild to really severe. So if you have kind of a milder-ish high ankle sprain, you're able to hop on one foot, able to go in, and then you have a secondary injury in that immediate 
uh, first 24 hours, I mean, you can turn it into a really bad uh, ankle injury that then would potentially necessitate surgery. And so that's kind of where you have to exercise caution. And it's it's always a tough conversation with athletes because, you know, at least at the collegiate level, they're, they're usually, you know, begging to go back in. Uh, professional level, I think, is a little bit different for a lot of reasons. Uh, but at the collegiate level, they're, they're usually begging to go back in. And so it is a tough, tough decision, you know, certainly in, in a game like uh, the one you alluded to where the championship, uh, national championships on the line. Dr. Michael Wright joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. It's our Sports Medicine Journal. We do this once a month here on ESPN Radio, and we'll also have this as a standalone podcast as well. You can always find it on our station website, on all your podcast hosting platforms, as well as on the Missoula Bone and Joint website, Missoula Bone and Joint, the presenting sponsor of the Sports Medicine Journal. Doc, the other thing that I saw during the FCS playoffs was a guy diving for a tackle and then landing and then sort of hyperextending his shoulder. It was not necessarily an impact from a a, uh, hit as much as it was impact with the turf and sort of an awkward backward angle. It definitely looked like it was detrimental at the least and certainly probably severely injuring to both labrum and rotator cuff. I know you have a lot of experience with those two types of injuries. My question for you is the guy I'm referring to, he then left the game and then came back in with a significant cuff underneath his pads. What does that cuff do to stabilize a shoulder? And is there a difference between labrum and rotator cuff stabilization? Or I guess when you have that sort of impact, that sort of hyperextension, I guess I would say, of the rotator cuff slash AC joint area, what's that injury like and how does the cuff sort of mitigate it so a player can continue to play in a football game? Well, the whole point of the cuff, you know, the other name for it is a, a sully brace. Some people call them. The whole point of it is how do we take away some of this joint's motion uh, really to let it heal. And so the point of the cuff is to prevent your shoulder from being twisted in some sort of direction uh, that would cause it to become unstable. So generally we use those cuffs for, for guys that have loose shoulders, shoulders that have dislocated, shoulders that partially dislocate, and it allows them to kind of hold that shoulder at least in the socket so they can continue to participate. Now, sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. Rotator cuff is kind of a whole different animal. Um, if an athlete sustains a traumatic rotator cuff tear, it's usually pretty apparent to both the athlete and the medical provider that something something is majorly wrong, and they really, really do not go into back into games if they had an acute rotator cuff tear because usually they, they can't lift the arm overhead at all. It's it's basically just a completely dysfunctional uh, arm in in that setting. So it is it, there's kind of a, a difference, a big difference in the way we treat labrum and rotator cuff. Labrum, you know, this is what you hear about guys getting through the season wearing the brace and then they have surgery right when the season over to stabilize their shoulder. It's somewhat of an elective uh, shoulder surgery, whereas if someone sustained a full thickness rotator cuff tear during play, that would be a season a season ending injury because there is some detriment to waiting to the end of the season, uh, meaning it may translate into inferior outcomes. Uh, down the road if you were to wait on that. So those braces that do hold the shoulder in, I've had kind of mixed experience within, so, with them. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, uh, but it is something that the guys can use sometimes to, to prolong their season. I, I will tell you, any athlete that that uh, has to reach up overhead real aggressively will not like that cuff brace. You know, particularly wide receivers is the position that comes to mind. You know, making the one-handed catch with their arm overhead, it's very challenging to do that in a brace because it's designed uh, to hold the shoulder in the socket, which means hold it more down at the side. 
Sports Pest and Gerald, presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. Dr. Michael Wright joining us here on ESPN Radio. And the one last hypothetical I want to ask you about, Doc, is I know there was a pretty prominent, actually two pretty prominent running backs I can think of uh, that participated in the FCS playoffs. And there was all sorts of scuttle that these guys were going to have to have both knees operated on. And when I thought that, I thought immediately meniscus, not necessarily an ACL or an MCL. But there is ways to sort of play through all of these things now. Maybe not ideal, maybe not good for your long-term health or your short-term recovery. When you hear maybe a guy has a pending procedure on his knees, that seems like meniscus is probably the most common one. So just take us through sort of that uh, that saga because you can sort of wait it out and, and get a meniscus surgery later on if, in fact, it's not too detrimental of an injury and it's not too severe, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the meniscus, you know, it's one of those structures that when we do meniscus surgery as orthopedic surgeons, most of the time it involves trimming the meniscus or taking out the unstable portion of the meniscus. Now, sometimes, and particularly in athletes, we push the envelope in terms of repairing the meniscus, which would mean you'd actually use suture material to sew the meniscus back together. And so eight eight or nine times out of 10, you're just going to go in and trim out the loose piece of tissue. And that's because most of the meniscus is devoid of any blood supply that will allow it to heal. The only type of meniscus tears that we actually can heal that can heal when you repair them are the type that's out in the peripheral rim. And so this is something lots and lots of athletes play through. In fact, there's been studies that show a lot of people have meniscus tears and don't even know it. So they're minimally symptomatic. And then when they have a surgery in the off season, it's usually more of a, a pretty quick recovery. If you just have a knee scope, it's sometimes referred to or a knee arthroscopy. However, if you had a meniscus that needed to be repaired that's a bigger surgery not quite as big as acl but it's a little bit longer of a recovery you're looking at more the three month mark uh whereas you know guys that have a knee scope for example nba players i mean sometimes they're back as early as four weeks uh, after the procedure but you know if you think about a meniscus tear that is not going to be repaired and you tell someone they can continue to play on it the structure is already damaged and it's coming out down the road and so we don't feel as bad as let it as you know, letting them play through the season with a meniscus because you know that even if it does get a little worse, you're taking that structure out anyway. Um, so anyway, and that's it's somewhat of a controversial topic, but uh, that is definitely something that a lot of, I see a lot of guys and a lot of people just play through and continue to uh, to go through life with because uh, they can tolerate the symptoms from it, you know, remarkably well. He's Dr. Michael Wright, Missoula Bone and Joint Orthopedic Surgeon. He joins us once a month here on Nuana is Now, the Sports Medicine Journal. Doc, very informative. We'll have uh, more specific conversations moving forward, but I thought those were all pertinent for the place and time. Thanks so much for being with us. We love hearing from you each month, and uh, have yourself a great rest of the month, and we'll talk to you next time around. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, you bet, Coulter. Good chatting with you. Sports Medicine Journal presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. Dr. Michael Wright will join us once a month. Always very informative. Gang it out because we have a couple student athlete of the weeks coming up for you. Macy Murphy, three sport athlete at Huntley Project High School, as well as Sophie Thatcher, three sport athlete out of Butte Central. Each one will join us next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm not a player, I just crush a lot. Hey, yo, I'm still not a player, but you still a hater. Elevator to the top high. See you later. The second playoff game of your Saturday in the NFL. 
features. I actually thought this was surprising. For the first time ever in the playoffs, the New England Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. The game will be played in Buffalo, New York. So this is a little big pun for you here on Nuanez now. He's from upstate New York. I know there's all sorts of rappers you can choose from New York, especially NYC. I mean, Jay-Z, Torius B.I.G. Let's play a little game, though, where the hosting NFL team, we picked a hip-hop artist or group from that area for your music here today on ESPN Radio. Hope you're having an awesome Friday. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. You can find the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest online at nwmsrocks.com. Go check out Northwest Motorsport online, nwmsrocks.com. It's been a long uh, fall, but a fun fall. But one thing that we've been doing throughout the fall, but that we uh, missed a few because I was either out of town or on vacation, is our matches from student of the week. So we'll hear from the half dozen that we hadn't had a chance to host here on ESPN Radio. Over the next couple weeks. Well, happy now for our latest edition of the Mattress Firm Student of the Week. And this week, we're joined by a young lady. She's a senior at Huntley Project High School. She's Macy Murphy. Macy, thanks so much for being with us. How you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us. And we always like to start with the sport angle first, if our student of the week is an athlete. And by the way, you don't have to necessarily be involved in athletics, but certainly need to be involved in some sort of activity. But Macy, you were a great volleyball player there at Huntley Project. And uh, I've covered sports in the state of Montana for about 15 years now. And Huntley Project has just always been so fascinating to me because volleyball is just, you know, so dominant there. I mean, basically every year you almost guarantee that Huntley Project is going to be the state champions of Class B. So uh, how, what's it like being a part of a program like that? And why is it? Why is Huntley Project so consistently good in volleyball? Um, it's a huge deal to be a part of the program. It's such a great program. And Stuki and all the assistant coaches and the volunteers, they've had a great program going on for years. And she starts with the elementary. So it's not like they get into high school not knowing what they're doing or not knowing what's expected. She has them start AAU in about fourth grade. So we know what's coming, um, even at a really young age. And it's just a great great opportunity to be part of a great program like that. No question. And undefeated this year as a senior and uh, three times state champions during your career for Huntley Project. Did it feel different, though, this year, being that it was your senior year, kind of your last uh, last chance to get one, another state title? Uh, yeah, it was a lot different, just knowing that the pressure was mainly on the senior shoulders. Because last year we did have only three seniors, but it's still different just being the seniors on the team and having all the younger girls look up to you. Because we didn't have any juniors to share the, uh, I guess, like all the pressure with. It was just us and the little girls. Macy Murphy joining us. She's our student of the week. She was our 12th student of the week. We've now had 17 total mattress firm student of the weeks. And uh, we're catching up here at Nuanas now, but these are always available for you as well online at MontanaRightNow.com or via SWX. Their website always has it as well. And this is one of our favorite partnerships with SWX. We'll be naming mattress firm student of the weeks throughout 
this next spring semester. So we're uh, two into our spring semester. Took a little break there uh, in December. But Macy was our mattress firm student of the week back in November uh, during the time when Huntley Project was making uh, their great run. But Macy, you're also an outstanding track athlete. So take us through that. I mean, what events do you excel in? I know you've won state championships before, but what, what's sort of your specialties when it comes to track and field? Um, In track, the 100-meter hurdles are definitely my favorite. But um, I do jumps, and I do the 300 hurdles, 100 hurdles, and the short relay and long relay. It just kind of depends on the track meet and what my coach puts me in. For sure, and that's kind of how it goes, especially when you're out of Class B school, too, because you do need uh, to be at as many events as you can to score as many points as you can. But very cool uh, for you. Do you prefer one sport to the other when it comes to volleyball and track? Um, track, I've just, track started in junior high, but I've always loved volleyball and Stuki started when we were about in kindergarten, when we were in PE, she'd pull us aside and we'd play volleyball instead of the PE game that we were supposed to play. So I definitely think volleyball is my number one sport. Well, very cool. And tell us about uh, just being involved with special education as well. I know your mom is a special education teacher, uh, and, and she has uh, also a first-grade teacher as well. So, I mean, uh, obviously education a huge part of your life, but, I mean, what do you like about that element, and uh, how does that sort of empower you when you give back? Um, it's just a great feeling. Helping with the Special Olympics every year is so fun. Um, the kids just are hilarious. And around our school, like, we know – Every kid, it's pretty much a super small school compared to a lot of other schools. So it's a lot nicer to know everyone, and then you can help out with a lot of stuff like that. Macy Murphy joining us, Mattress Firm Student of the Week. She was our 12th Mattress Firm Student of the Week. We have 17 of them right now, so we'll be getting through some of the interviews that we missed uh, during our time away over Christmas break as well as uh, covering the FCS playoffs. A lot of travel lately, so uh, Mattress Firm Student of the Week Nominees, you can submit them at mattressfirmmt.com backslash students. And again, we will have Mattress Firm Student of the Weeks each week throughout the rest of this spring semester. And at the end of the year, we'll have a Mattress Firm Student of the Year. And that comes with an awesome scholarship opportunity for Mattress Firm as well. So uh, very cool if you have a student that's involved in activities outside of uh, the classroom as well. Please nominate them. You can go go on over again, mattressfirmmt.com backslash students. Macy, how about for you? What What's next? Do you have any specific goals when it comes to the upcoming track and field season uh, for your last uh, comp- competitive season of your senior year? Um, I haven't really set any goals yet, but I'm definitely looking forward to all the meets and especially state and stuff since it's the last one. And for sure. And how about uh, after high school is over? Do you have any idea what you might want to do, or do you want to go to college, anything like that? Um. Yeah, Josie Asler and I, we're going up to Northern to continue our volleyball careers. So that's going to be really fun. Well, very cool. Uh, always a great place. The Frontier Conference is excellent when it comes to opportunities for Montana kids and sports. So congratulations, Macy, on all your success. And uh, congratulations again also on your Mattress Firm Student of the Week. Thanks so much for joining us here on Nuanas Now. Thank you. There you go, Macy Murphy, Huntley Project. What a dynasty the Huntley Project volleyball program has become. We're going to circle back around to, to Sophie Thatcher, a Butte Central senior, currently uh, starting point guard for the Maroons, but also uh, standout in volleyball and softball as well. We're going to hear from her about 530 
today because we do got to get out. Hour one is in the books. Hour two coming at you. All things NFL, maybe even a little talk about Georgia and Alabama too, but the NFL playoffs are upon us. I can't wait. Favorites, underdogs, biggest disappointments, biggest surprises of the NFL season. Keep it right here. It's been radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get Commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.